0: Don't look now, but the despised, hated, and loathed Alabama Crimson Tide football program may be the most lovable team in the country. You are
1: Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the
0: Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for everybody who tuned in to the live show last night. Uh, you guys are the best. We do appreciate you so very much. Jimmy, um, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and I'll talk about Prize Picks in just a little bit. But man, what a great game that was yesterday. I can't get over it. And I know the Tennessee fans are trying so hard to put a damper on it. By saying, you know, the riffs, the rifts. All I can say is, like what I said last year, Josh Heupel, who was throwing a little pity party in silence, in his cone of silence um, at the press conference, where were you last year, bro? And as I tweeted out, I hadn't seen Josh Heupel this disappointed since his cardiologist told him Count Choculo didn't count as a vegetable. So, you know what, just – Take your lumps and deal with it. In fact, the refs didn't cause you to lose a 13-point lead, get zero points in the second half. I mean, what happened to cause you to go for it several times in stupid areas? You know, hey, you screwed up. Own it. And, you know, what? I hope there are kids out there taking taking note of this and going, you know, coaches always love to talk about taking ownership, taking ownership. You take ownership. Those were stupid calls, but all that being said, I'm going to say this: that uh, Jordan Rogers from the SEC Network, I believe it was Jordan Rogers. Now it may have been um, the other one that Chris Doring. Chris Doring. It may have been. Have we ever seen them in the room at the same time? Same room. (laughs) Anyway,
1: I um, saw Jordan Rogers in person Friday afternoon. Well, uh, one I didn't see. I didn't. to, To your point, I didn't see Chris Doring. One of them said, how do you not
0: love this Alabama team? And look, I can tell you from a guy who loves Alabama full-time all the time, I didn't love him that in the first half. <laughs> but in the second half, I get it. And I also get he said it after the CBS interview with the reporter on the sideline, or not on the sideline, on the field after the game with Sabin, who was talking about chewing on the cigar because he doesn't like smoking them, and Jalen Milrow, who is just, Effervescent. I mean, he's so – Jalen Milrow, I, I know he gets cussed in the stands. Sometimes I know. I understand. And we'll talk about that. But, my God, was he a great interview yesterday. And he just ends it with, like, a very fun-loving college roll and sort of walked off. He's just a fun dude. He's a good dude. We've had a bunch of – we've had a nice string of good dudes at quarterback.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Chris Doring that said that on SEC Final today. Uh, it is a likable Alabama group for sure. Uh, you know, y- y- you have your Jermaine Burton. And, and again, I'm not saying that he's unlikable. I'm just saying that Burton's going to turn some people off. Some a lot Half of you listening to this right now, half of you uh, like, do not care at all for Jermaine Burton's antics. The other half of you think it's super cool and it hypes the whole team up and we need more dogs. And, and the truth is somewhere in the middle meaning he needs to kind of tone down some of it. But on the other hand, Alabama does need some more toughness and some more of these guys that are just going to get it done and play with a chip on their shoulder and tell you about it when 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 they do something big time. And, hey, he had a third down catch that helped save the game. You know, sometimes you win comfortably at the very end and you forget how super tight it was, obviously, and to say nothing of that first half. And we're about to say a lot about the first half because this team – uh, This team, Luke, when people say, well, which team are they? And this is what I'm writing about today on BOL. Which team are they? Are they the team of the first half or are they the team of the second half? Well, the answer to that is really easy in that they're both. <laughs> that's this Alabama team. That's Jayla Milro, who is going to frustrate the heck out of you because he holds on to the ball too long. He doesn't run enough. He is sometimes inaccurate. Uh and it's frustrating to watch him play. And then he's going to, I don't know, make the big plays that win the game. Jalen Milrow is now, this is a, almost a crazy stat, 6-0 and as a starter in the SEC. 6-0. and And frankly, I want to say 7-0 and because he really deserves to get the win for what happened at Arkansas last season. That was his win. Uh, some people say, yeah, Bryce was playing great. He came in and inherited a great situation. No, uh, when he came in the game, I think Arkansas had about three points. By the end of the game, Arkansas had 28 points. So so Jalen's points won the game, and, and, you know, he probably deserves credit for that. But my point is, even if not, 6-0 in the SEC, and and I know that the only people in the world that think it's easy to be 6-0 in the SEC are Alabama fans. They're the only people in the world that believe that. Oh, you muted the same week you got the shirt. You get the shirt – I needed, got a shirt this week. And you haven't muted in I'm days. Not, I'm not wearing the shirt. <laughs> That's true. Good point. And you, you mean, haven't muted in so long. I think people probably
0: missed it. I know. Well, Louis C.K. had a great bit about that one time. He has a shirt that says Awesome Possum on it. And it's like, I got this possum. And he said that uh, he saw a guy who was wearing the Awesome Possum shirt. And he and he looked at him and he pointed at him and he like, pointed back at himself. And he said the guy sort of turned his nose up at him and went, uh. And uh, Louis C.K. sort of like, he said, in my head, I cussed him out. I was like, bleepity bleep, you know, why are you so stuck up? You know, so what? You know, yeah. What do you think you're better than me? What? And then he said, then I realized I wasn't wearing the shirt. So the guy didn't know what I was talking about because I didn't know him. And he said, I was just feverishly pointing back and forth at both of us. And the guy. (laughs) So anyway, bottom line is I should have worn my you're on mute shirt. So, um. Anyway, Jimmy, I just thought it was interesting because Alabama is universally hated for the most part. Right. Um, I would say the same way the Patriots were hated for a while. I mean, you know, they everybody watches them to get hopefully to, to watch them get beat. But this team is a little bit different. Jermaine Burden, notwithstanding, I get it. I, I get why some people don't like him. I do. I mean, in fact, when he had his big catch, and he did have a his his touchdown catch was great. Right. But his, his catch in the second half where he he's already in the air and he has to reach back and grab it behind him. And then he takes on a few tacklers who were trying to rip the ball out. That was amazing. And he gets up and he does, frankly he does what every Auburn defender does after a, a pretty a pedestrian training. play gets up and his head's bobbing and is going nuts and he's screaming. And, but I guess like, I mean, I guess I just got to get used to that. That's sort of the, this generation. I mean, that's, not, I'm not throwing shade, yeah. and I don't even know if people say that anymore because my generation's three generations from that. But I'm saying that, um, you know, I think we just got to take that w- with what he is, and he is playing magnificently. I mean, dare I say, he's going to make first or second team all SEC I- at this pace.
1: I don't know if I, I don't really. I'd have to look at the numbers. That's also, that's also numbers based, you know. Yeah. But hey, I think if you're second team all SEC, you're just all SEC. There's freaking 14 teams in the league. There's about to be 16 teams in the league. I will stop making fun of third team all SEC. By the way, once we have 16 teams, <laughs> you know, because that's like, hey, if you're you're the best out of what a third of the league, five teams, it's pretty good, you know in college football. But my point being, I don't know that he'll have the juice to make all SEC, but I do know this. He's a good football player. He is good. And we were probably too hard on him last year, you know, uh, in terms of he was actually pretty good last year. Because if you, if you count all the times Bryce overthrew him, he probably would have been all SEC last year. Uh, He's just a good football player. But again, as with everything in society, Luke, it's, it's the extremists that are always wrong. It's, Oh, Oh, you know, he, he, he's a jerk. Saban needs to talk to him. He needs to bench him if he's going to act like that. No, those people are wrong. Uh, also the, Oh, who cares? Who cares? As long as he gets the job done, who cares? No, that's wrong too. I mean, yeah. he, he does need to, he can tone it down and play with the chip on his shoulder both. And I'm not saying eradicate it. I'm just saying, tone it down. What spinal tap is always turned up to 10. Jermaine, just, just click it back to nine and keep keep doing what you're doing. Well, and here's the other thing, Jimmy. Look, you're absolutely right. We're not saying don't play with a
0: chip on your shoulder. I understand no. that. That's great. I think that that motivates you. You know who is probably the ultimate played with a chip on his shoulder guy, but didn't have the theatrics.
1: Was Tom Brady, Michael Jordan.
0: No, Steve Smith.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. I the- the Carolina
0: receiver, and then of course he yeah. played for the Ravens. He played Jerry, for some other teams.
1: Jerry Judy Hater, Steve. Yeah, Smith. Jerry Judy.
0: No, did Jerry Judy Hater, Steve Smith, but he he was like, yeah, I'm I'm the best there is. And I'll tell you something else. Another guy, and speaking of Auburn, El Toro Freeman is from Alexander City, Alabama, where I'm from, and I did a show with him one time, and he was talking about, uh, you know, I was talking about like how it was in the locker room with Cam Newton and stuff with him, and he said, yeah, one time, you know, Cam and I sort of got in each other's face or something, I, and, and I said, okay, I said, well, who would have won that fight, he said, I would have won that fight, why are you asking me this, I mean, because, and you know, El Toro was sort of an undersized linebacker, I mean, undersized in terms of height, but I mean, like, in, right. in strength, he's, he's a superstar, but, um, you know, he was like, yeah, I mean, that was sort of, you know, because everybody would probably say Cam Newton, because he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's whatever, but El Toro was like, yeah, he's all those things, I'm still going to, Kick his butt. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, um, let let me go ahead and take a break here, Jim. When we come back, I want to talk about specifically some guys I got on this list here. Milrow, Kool-Aid, McClellan, and Campbell, uh, because those are four names that really pop off when I think about this game. I mean, we could throw Rikert in there. We've already said Riker's the team MVP, so let's move on from that. When we come back, we're going to talk about those four names. And we're back. Jimmy, um, Jalen Milrow, the comeback kid. I'm telling you, this guy is, uh, It is. it really is, he is very likable because one minute he's, (laughs) even even in the second, I mean, when he was doing so well in the second half, he had some plays that were just baffling. Um, There was one play where he rolls out and we needed, I think it must have been like second and four, second and five. I can't remember exactly. And he was looking to pass it, but he couldn't find anybody open. Then I thought for a split second, he's going to take off. But you know what? He did take off, but he kept going sort of laterally.
1: Laterally and threw and, it away. In the, and
0: then he threw it away in the most awkward of, like, yeah. pushing it forward, not, yeah, not a throw. And and I was like, I I almost want to call intentional grounding and let him review it just because I don't understand that play at all, what you just did. That didn't make any sense. Um, but <laughs> so yeah. mean, But then meanwhile, his pass to Isaiah Bond. Now, Isaiah Bond was wide open. I know some people will say that. But if you've been shell-shocked all game and you had been uh, facing as much pressure as Miro had been all game, it's tough to make that throw, even if he's wide yeah. open. And he hit him in perfect stride.
1: Um, he had Plus, you hear all the time his- he doesn't see the field. You hear that all the time. He doesn't see the field. He doesn't see the field. Well, and, Jimmy, this he is – all th- that time. He did
0: see it that time. <laughs> but now I'm glad you said that because this was the advantage of being in SS11 way up there. I mean, there was like – three Eagles nest ben- below me I mean I was up there high and so and, and I can see the field open up he refuses to throw to Jace L- McClellan as like a, his his right. you know bailout guy he refuses yeah. to do it and McClellan was open a lot and it and it got to the point where I was like Tennessee knows he ain't throwing it to him Tennessee yeah. knows this and so they're not yeah. even yeah. bothering
1: with it McElroy is like the, uh, I mean, McElroy, I'm about to talk about McElroy. Milrow is like the bizarro world, Greg McElroy. <laughs> and, and by that, by that, I mean, I don't know if people remember it was so long. It was really back to 09 and Greg's first year, the main complaint, there were a lot of complaints. People, people don't think that during the championship years, there were complaints. Of course there were their were complaints all season long. And then you win the championship and then you're like, I was right. We were awesome. But, uh, uh, Greg McElroy was criticized constantly for going to his check down all the time that he constantly that he would take the snap and then he would immediately go to his check down uh, as, as his option number one, even though, it, as we know, it's a safety valve and the last option. And he even picked up a nickname uh, that kind of actually, to believe it or not, started on the practice field, but then got out into the fans and uh, was, they were calling him check down Charlie, you know, uh, and now Milro does the whole complete opposite. He never throws to his check down. In fact, he takes sacks before he'll throw to his check down. It's just sort of funny. And then when you throw in that McElroy never really took any risks, and Milro takes quite a few, frankly. That's why he gets sacked so many times. Uh, Anyway, he's just very, very different than Greg. But it's not about is he better than Greg. I got one question for how good is Jalen Milrow? Is he good enough to beat LSU? And then when that's over, I'm going to ask if he's good enough to beat Kentucky on the road. I mean, that that's the only thing that needs to be asked of him. We'll sum up Milro's career when it's over. You know,
0: um, the other thing about Milrow that, and he did, it, it felt like we had some design runs for him in the second half and much to his chagrin. But I, I wish somebody would tell Milro, hey, are you watching the NFL? Because, you know, like Hertz and Lamar Jackson, who's just killing the Detroit Lions today, uh, guys like that, they run the ball. They run the ball and they run it a pretty good bit. I mean, you it is like Milro knows I'm I'm super awesome at this, but I gotta prove to everybody else I can do this other stuff. And it would be even better, but I mean I, I just feel like somebody's telling you can do both. You can do both.
1: Yeah, um it's almost like this. This is the way I kind of pictured a, a conversation. Wouldn't you love to have the headsets? Uh, you know, Nick, by the way, famously you know, kind of famously coach Saban talks a lot when you watch him on the sidelines, he talks a lot when they're on defense. And then when Alabama's on offense, he rarely even moves his lips to be honest. But, but anyway, the point is I, I could still imagine this conversation, Luke, when Nick talking to Tommy Reese up in the thing and, and, and Nick, Nick tells Tommy, he's like, you know, when he goes, when he's in the pocket, why doesn't he scramble? Why doesn't he run? And Tommy, and Tommy's answer to that is coach, it's killing me. I just can't make him run. And then wise man Nick said, um, "Why don't you just call quarterback power?" Yeah. And then Tom's like,
0: "Oh,
1: oh, aha, aha! I will call a play that requires him to run, and boom, when we see what happens." And that's kind of a joke, but it, it almost it almost felt like that, right? When it's like we had an aha moment on. Uh, I think we just figured out how to make the make 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 the kid run the ball. We'll call a quarterback runs. But, but that's, not, that's an this. over-exaggeration, but it's kind of yeah, how it works.
0: I know what you're saying. I'll say this about that. Okay, using that same logic about throwing to the running back, which we have thrown to the yeah. running back i in fact we had some passes to the running back. They didn't work out too great for the most part. But I think that's the whole point is if you design it. To be a pass to the running back. It's, it's almost, they do know we're about to do that. But yeah. when, when he's the bailout guy, when he's the safety valve, is yeah. when we can take advantage and he has to know he's still there. I feel right. like Jason McClellan needs to put on one of those uh, fluorescent yellow pennies that the goalies wear in my little league soccer team for my daughter. Like they wear this little see through penny thing over their shirt so that people know they're the goalie. Like when we're going to, Jason Coe's like, I'm gonna put this on so you know I'm still on the field when I am your safety valve. Just if things are going falling apart, look to your right. Your or your left. I could be on your left if that's the you know, whatever.
1: But um anyway. Maybe Reese can just fool him by saying, hey Jalen, uh, you know when we call uh Seattle that your first read is uh is the X on the post. Okay, we're gonna call Seattle, but your first read is uh Jason the flat. But again, you're flipping first, your third read to your first one.
0: Yeah. If it's, if it's his first read, I'm afraid it becomes too obvious. The whole point is it's got to be, still throw not, deep. it's got to not be there. The threat has to uh, be there, but not be there. I mean, this anyway. Um, so we, uh, we, we've spent too much time on Milrose. So I want to say a couple of things about these other guys. Jihad Campbell. A true, I wanna, it's
1: a true statement since August.
0: Yeah. I want to, we're going to spend, I got Campbell on my list. We're going to talk about him on the next podcast. We need a whole segment about how well Jihad Campbell is playing.
1: Um, He's awesome. He is. He's such, such a good player. I mean, to me, he's just, I I see him and I know he's just playing and he's sort of new because he hardly played at all as a freshman. And now he's a sophomore. and He's not even a full-time starter. I think he's one of the best players on the team. He's good. good. Which is a a nutty thing to say, but I, I think he's one of the best players on the team and, Inside linebackers don't generally go in the first round. He will. Okay, and we want to spend another segment on Jace McClellan, a guy who's not getting enough
0: love. Um, goes over mm-hmm. 100 yards, pass blocking, still pretty good. Uh, he he's he's playing his tail off right now. And then okay, so I want to spend a couple of tomorrow segments on those guys. So all, all that leaves me left was was Kool Aid, and I don't even want to bring up his um his. Uh, cornerbacking because that was really good yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. and some people could say, Well, Lee, we had his hands on the guy, blah blah blah. Look, that's just that's just tough defensive back play. That's fine, but his punt returning, it's time to move on. It's time to move yeah. on. I loved how electric he was last year, even though he never returned one for a touchdown. It's time to move on. We, we, he is costing too many yards for whatever reason. He's not wanting to catch punts when he wants to fair catch it.
1: Well I'm sure that he's coached to you know you never want to catch the ball when you're worried about catching the ball. but I mean, don't catch the ball if you're worried about catching the ball, right because that's that's a bad and, and not only is that a turnover, it's a terrible turnover because it's a turnover when you're losing over uh, 40 or 50 yards of of, of of ground, you know when you give them the ball where you're supposed to be catching the punt so I'm sure that's a part of it. I, I think it's a tough call. I mean, we had him, he was the second best punt returner in all of college football last year. The second best, not, Hey, you know, Kool-Aid's pretty good at this. He was the second best one in, in all of college football. It's tough to just bench that guy because you know what he's capable of, but you you're a hundred percent right. Luke, it's, it's getting to, it's hurting us. It's hurting us. Uh, we're giving up, Too much ground, and that puts too much on Milrow and McClellan and them, because they got to make up. Hey, when he lets the ball bounce for twenty yards, that's twenty yards of offense we have to gain just to get us back to ground zero. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it's a big deal. And uh, just for those that want to know, two interesting names and uh, two interesting names and a fun point. Two interesting names here: Isaiah Bond is the backup punt returner. I've heard people say, "Oh, let's look at Kendrick Law. Let's look at Tarion. Let's look at." you know, Emmanuel Henderson, uh, Isaiah Bond is the number two punt returner. And uh, here's the fun part, uh, the number three punt returner. And I'm not, I don't know why we would go from one to three, but the number three punt returner would surprise people. It's Cole Adams. He's actually the number three punt returner. But now that today's fun fact, we're now past eight games. Cole hasn't played. Cole could be the punt returner the rest of the season in red shirt, <laughs> you know, cause you're, you're, you know, he would play no more than four games, not counting Atlanta. So, uh, anyway, that's just sort of interesting. I mean, you know, do you go with Isaiah Bond or or, or maybe Cole, at least, you know? That, but, hey, Bond's an explosive athlete, no question.
0: Okay, Jim, when we come back, we want to take a quick look around the rest of the SEC because – Things got a little nutty yesterday. It seemed like around the country too, but we're going to try to contained um, within the SEC. Right now, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Prize Picks is the most fun I've ever had. Winning up to twenty five times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. All you got to do, you can test your skills on Price Picks this football season, and it, it's just awesome. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com. You can download their app. Super, super easy. Uh, PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So let's say they said, okay, Derrick Henry is projected to get 80 yards. You're supposed to go over under on Taco Tuesday it's going to be a 25% discount or at least up to that. And so they may knock off uh, 20 yards on that. And then, or or you could go the other way if you want to even say, all right, I want to make it where it's, uh, I, he goes under hundred or over 60. I mean, shoot, that's, that's pretty awesome. A uh, lot of fun with prospects, reboot your uh, policy, your entry, stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football, top 25 matchups. That's awesome. So if somebody gets hurt, then you, you, you're not automatically going to lose. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, it, it's just so much fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 smacks. It's telling you, it, it's so much fun. You're going to absolutely love it. Uh, and all the NFL, all the college football stuff keeps you engaged. That, that's what it's all about. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Jimmy, we want to remind people to join our subtext group. Uh, Joinsubtext.com slash locked on Bama. Uh, it's like $5 a month. You will love it. Um, go check it out when you can. Would appreciate that. Oh, I lost one of my lights. There we go. I lost it again. Doesn't matter. Um, I mean, geez, this equipment I got. Uh, so looking around the SEC, um, Georgia and Florida were both off. Obviously, Missouri right. still moving on. I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm not ready to say oh, Georgia's got a gauntlet towards the back end of this the schedule. It's tougher than I thought it was gonna be. I mean, they they have to play Florida, who is only got one loss in conference. I mean, it wasn't a good loss. I mean, they got.
1: It's not so, a yeah. gimme yeah
0: it's not a gimme it's not a gimme. it's not a gimme especially without bowers it's not a gimme yeah um so that that's going to be a fun game next weekend as alabama rolls into the the off week lsu had no problem at all with army of course um kudos to them doing the camouflage in the end zone i thought that was cool uh arkansas i, I mean my god my God, I, don't I hate it
1: for my guy there. I I, I mean, I, I enjoy Sam Pittman so much. It's going to be a shame, you know, when he's no longer the coach there because he's such an awesome personality and great guy. He'll be one of them I'm real happy about, though. I mean, I've always said the best job in the world is being a fired SEC football coach. You get your multiple millions in your beach house on 30A, and you get to hang out and drink beer with, Red, with Ed Orgeron at the Red Door. And that's
0: right. And, boy.
1: Who wouldn't pay a $100 cover to go into the red door and have beers with Sam Pittman and Ed Orgeron? Jeez, Louise. I, I don't know that anybody else could get in the place.
0: Those two <laughs> behemoths. But, um, yeah, Arkansas uh, loses at home seven to three. Um, you know, Mississippi, I mean, you. Would, I
1: guess it's a good win for Mississippi State. I, don't, I mean, it's a win. Who would have thought they could hold Arkansas to three points? I mean, how how did they – how did they do that? And I'm just surprised they won with Mike Wright at quarterback and not Will Rogers. And 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 I'll say that, and they only scored seven points against a defense that's not good. That that that's just not a great football game, there to be honest.
0: I mean, and then next week you got Mississippi State traveling to Auburn. If, I think Auburn gets them. If Guam I like Auburn and Antarctica got into a war, there'd be a more offensive. Surge than what we'll see next week out of those
1: two. Didn't games. Auburn and Mississippi State play a three to two game? Yes, they did. Little no- this could. Be I know this-
0: I was following that game on my phone as I was at the USC Ohio State game Coliseum many, 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 many moons ago.
1: But um, anyway, I like Auburn to win that game on a squeeze bunt in the ninth inning.
0: <laughs> uh, and then Auburn against Ole Miss and. You know, Auburn had a nice recruiting weekend for them. We can talk about recruiting later, Um, but for the most part, though, I mean, this team just—they just don't have a lot offensively. Yeah, when they play us, I know when they play us, things will be different. They they'll play with their hair on fire and all these other things,
1: but in the end, they just aren't—they aren't great.
0: I mean, they're they're they don't have
1: they don't have dudes. I mean, I will say this: they're they're playing better on defense than I than I imagined they would be. And when they make it to a bowl. It will be on the because their defense they cobbled together uh, kind of a quality defensive group, but offensively they're just doing it with smoke and mirrors, and and Hugh Freeze being a pretty good offensive mind, uh, they just don't have dudes. Hunter's a good player, I guess, and I guess they found some transfer portal offensive linemen that are, are somewhat near serviceable, but they're they're just not real real good. But they're they're tough at home. And any Alabama fan that, that that takes that game lightly is crazy based no. on two things. Auburn plays great against us. Uh, they're very good defensively. Uh, and Alabama, as we know, uh, is an interesting football team because they're the second half of the Tennessee game, but they're also the first half of the Tennessee game. The first half of the Tennessee game isn't going to beat Auburn and Jordan-Hare. Not even close. No, no, no. Mm-hmm.
0: So, no? Uh, yeah, absolutely right. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about Jihad Campbell. We're going to talk about Jason McCullough tomorrow. We'll talk about some recruiting stuff tomorrow. All that will be tomorrow. So come back and join us. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.